0: Bible today I want to encourage you to go with me to 2 Timothy chapter number 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus to Timothy my dearly beloved son grace mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. The Lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the Lord in that day, and in how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus thou knowest. Very well. Father, today I pray that you would open the eyes of our spiritual understanding. Lord God, I pray that you would fill me with thy Holy Spirit. And may each of us today be drawn closer to the center of God's will for our lives. And this we pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. This morning I want to bring you a message entitled An Unchained Heart. An Unchained Heart. It's interesting to me that the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy here and tells us that Onesiphorus, who visited him in prison, was not ashamed of his chains. The Apostle Paul, as you know, was locked in a dismal and cold prison in Rome. Some of you, I know, have visited the Mamertine prison. You know that it was not the Hilton Hotel. It was something that was small and dank and dark and miserable. He was under the sentence of death and had been forsaken by those that he had served for many years. It seemed by any earthly measure that his situation was hopeless. And yet Paul had a perspective because of Jesus that lifted him beyond the walls of a prison house and out of the chains that held his hands and feet. You see, his heart was unchained. And he lifted it to the Lord as he continued to serve Him loyally until his death. And when we are feeling captive to our circumstances, and when we feel helpless to change them, let us also find the freedom as Paul did to live with an unchained heart. As I consider this, I have fought long and hard on many believers that I have known through the years who were living in bodies that were racked by pain. And yet, despite the pain that they suffered, their lives just somehow seemed to transcend and radiate with the light of God and exude the joy of the Lord that was indeed their strength. I think about others who faced the heartache of the loss and the death of children, and yet through it all, remained steadfast to the Lord and had a glowing testimony of faith towards God in the darkest hour of their existence. They were able to live with an unchained heart, unfettered by bitterness, unfettered by circumstance. And so today I want to say that we are living in a time where there are more people than there have been. Ever has ever been who are feeling trapped by the circumstances of life. They're captive in their own homes, many of them feel. They don't have the opportunity to gather together with uh, their brothers and sisters in the Lord and enjoy the same level of fellowship and friendship that they once knew. They can't just get in the car and drive to the market in the same old way or go out for dinner in the same old way and... And it seems like the more that the doors are opening, the more they're closing. And and they're trying to convince us now that church is just uh, some sort of extraneous practice that uh, lines up somehow with going to the gym and is not essential whatsoever. And trying to take that away from believers even today. They are trying to somehow repress uh, the free exercise of our religion while praising God others who flout social responsibility in the interest of looting buildings and starting fires. And sometimes it seems like we are in a circumstance that would cause us to be chained, held in the chains of our circumstances. And yet, even as we see Paul in this passage, we learn that it is possible for us to live with an unchained heart. And as I read this over and over again, the Lord began to reveal to me several things that were characteristic of the Apostle Paul here in these final days of his life that I believe should be characteristic of every person in this room today that names the name of Jesus Christ. Yea, even if we would make each one of these characteristics a determination for our every day, I believe we would discover that it is truly possible. Not just uh, somehow a potential, it is something that God will bless us with. The ability to live with the unchained heart and a freedom in our spirit. The first thing that I discover that the Apostle Paul did while there in that Mamertine prison, as he was awaiting the executioner's sword, was to extol... If you're writing anything down, I want you to just remember seven words today. That's it. You'll be able to remember them. And I want you to make them a checklist in your life for every day. Number one, extol. You say, well, what in the world does it mean to extol? It means to give fervent praise, to offer praise and, and thanks. And that was what characterized the life of Paul. If we go back many years in the ministry of Paul, to the time where, during his second missionary journey, he found himself with Silas in the city of Philippi. There they were taken into custody and beaten severely, and they were cast into the innermost part of the prison there in Philippi, and they were chained hand and foot. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, in the midst of the prison, began to lift up their voice and sing praises unto the Lord their God, and all that were in the prison house heard it. And the, the, the keeper of the prison, the jailer, he heard it. And we know that the miraculous happened. God came down, and when God's people praise Him, He shows up. Because the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of His people. And so when we praise Him, God delights to show up. And God showed up that day and delivered Paul and Silas and the family of the Philippian jailer. Because he determined not to live with a chained heart, but to have an unchained heart that would sing praises unto the Lord and lift up the name of Jesus. I want you to know that's a worthy name. It's a name that's above every name and in his name we have power and that gives us access into the very throne room of heaven. My friend, uh, we come to the Lord God in the name of Jesus. And I believe that we should lift up and, and praise the name of Jesus and Think on and praise the Lord. Extol Him for His goodness to us. Praise the Lord for His mighty power in every situation. Paul in verse 12 says, I'm suffering these things nevertheless I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able. God was not at a deficit because Paul was in prison. God was not held back, no. And Paul, my friends, extolled the Lord for His mighty power to do whatever he chose to do in that difficult situation. So what did Paul do? First, he he extolled the name of the Lord. What should we do? Extol Him. Praise Him fervently from the depths of our heart. Secondly, what we find Paul did is he found himself seated in this prison cell, knowing that soon he would die, was... He began to express He began to express his heart in loving affirmation to those that God had brought his way. He said, Timothy, my dearly beloved son, he wrote to his son and said, Timothy, I love you, and I desire to see you. But I'm thanking God that I can at least pray for you. That though there are miles between us. We are as close as side by side in the economy of God. Timothy, I love you and I'm praying for you. He began to express his heart in loving affirmation. He began to express his passion and gratitude for the life and the service of those that had impacted his life. Perhaps Paul knew that there may not be another opportunity for him to see Timothy, for him to see friends like Aquila and Priscilla, for him to see Onesiphorus ever again. And so he began to express his heart. He began to tell them how much they meant to him, how much he loved them. And you know, I think that that needs to be a daily practice with us. None of us is promised a tomorrow. And let me tell you, friends, that you can pick up the phone and call somebody and say, I want you to know how thankful to God I am for you. You can send a text message and say, I just wanted to tell you how much I love you today and that I'm praying for you today. You see, you might be in a hospital bed, but you can still pick up that phone and call somebody. I I can tell you that many times, As a pastor through the years, I have gone to visit someone who was on a bed of affliction. And I would go thinking, I'm going to try to be an encouragement to that person. And invariably, I was the one that was encouraged. I was the one that went away feeling that my spirit had been lifted by theirs as they dealt with terminal illness. As they dealt with difficulty and pain in their life. My friends, Paul expressed the deepest sentiments of His heart to those that He loved. He showed His gratitude to them for all that they had come to mean to Him. And you know, I think that that's something that in these days, when none of us is promised a tomorrow, needs to be a regular practice in our lives where we praise the name of Jesus and whereby we express our heart in loving affirmation. And gratitude for how others have touched our life. There's a third thing that we find in this passage that Paul did. We see in verse 5, Paul said, Timothy, I remember that you're a man of faith. I remember that. And you have a great heritage of faith. It was in your mama and in your, your grandma." And I remember that about you. And you're a man of faith. And I want you to remember the gift that God's given to you. You're a gifted man. And I want you to to understand that God has given you not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Continue to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ with that in mind. you know what he began to do? Thirdly, encourage. He began to encourage others through honest praise. He began to encourage them through honest praise. You know, I'm going to tell you something. This world is filled with people that are struggling emotionally. In fact, I read an article that there's almost a 50% increase in calls to crisis hotlines, and suicide prevention hotline since the beginning of COVID-19. Years ago, I read a a study that was published in the USA Today, and it indicated from a survey of thousands of Americans that over 70% of American people surveyed indicated that on some level, they were lonely and suffering from depression. 70%. And that was just the ones that admitted it. My friends, I'm going to tell you that there's a world of people out there that need just a little bit of encouragement. They don't need for us to bark at them because they're not wearing their mask correctly. They don't, they don't need for us to, to get upset with them because uh, you know they, they did something that we didn't approve of. Listen, we need to look for opportunities to lift people up from where they are, through honest praise and in the body of Christ, that should be the way that we roll. That should just be the way that we do it all the time. And so he began to encourage, and he encouraged others with the kindness of God and with the calling of God, reminding them that God was powerful, reminding them that God was good and that God was gracious in verse number uh 13, he said, the faith and the love which is in Christ Jesus. Listen, God's planted that faith in your heart and He's bestowed His love upon you. And don't ever forget, God loves you. And God's placed a calling upon your life. And He began to encourage the heart of Timothy. And then, you know, I want to tell you something. He did that which David did many years ago before David ascended to the throne in Jerusalem, first in In Hebron and then in Jerusalem, he found himself running from Saul. And when he was dwelling in Ziklag, the Lord saved him providentially from having to fight against his own countrymen. But when he returned home to his city called Ziklag, he arrived there to discover that his wives and his children had been taken captive, that everything that he owned was gone and what was left was burning in flames. And the men that swore their undying allegiance to him were angry with David. And the Bible tells us there in Ziklag that they spake of stoning him. His mighty men of valor were not there to encourage him. And so the Bible tells us there in First Samuel 30 that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. What I'm going to tell you today is there are going to be days when nobody in your world is conscious of your discouragement. There are going to be days where perhaps the depth of discouragement and just the confusion in your mind are such that you don't even know how to articulate it to your dearest friend. And you're kind of discouraged about it because you feel like, I don't even want to tell these people because they're going to think I'm all messed up. I don't even know how to put it into terms with them. Or maybe they're just tired of hearing about my woes. And we just kind of sit there in our misery. And yet, the Bible tells us that David encouraged himself in the Lord as God. And you know what, as we read this, the Apostle Paul, I believe, encouraged his own heart with the promises of God, saying that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That he loves us and has bestowed his mercy and grace upon us. And he's given me the mercy of being able to Continue ministry through writing and through prayers and and to reflect over all that the Lord has allowed me to do to touch the lives of many others, He encouraged his heart despite the fact that others had forsaken him, that he had poured his heart into. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So what do we do to live with an unchained heart? We praise him in every situation, extol the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we do? Express to others how much that we love them and appreciate them. What do we do? We encourage others and we do it through honest praise. We, we talk about how God has used them. We lift them up. We say God's gifted you. He's placed you in His service and you're making a difference and I'm praying for you and I'm with you. And then we encourage ourselves in the Lord our God through His promises in the Word of God. Fourthly, we find that Paul said in verse 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. No, He came to remove fear from our hearts with the Gospel. And he said... In verse 8, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. And what is that? That is the gospel. He said, be partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. And then what did He do? He gave the gospel who has saved us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Let me say this. When he was chained in prison, his heart was unchained. And what did he do? He sought to evangelize. Fourthly, to evangelize. He wanted to live out the principles of the gospel in his own life. Counting upon God to give him what he did not have. To sustain him with a strength that he would never experience were he not placed in Jesus Christ. He was counting upon the mercy of God every moment, depending upon the grace of God every day. He was living out the principles of the Gospel, but he didn't just live out the Gospel, he would give out the Gospel to everyone around him. He shared the Gospel with other prisoners. He shared it with prison guards, and with the warden, and with the judge, and with all that would come to visit. He shared the Gospel and he encouraged others to spread the Gospel every day. He said, hey, Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Preach the Gospel, he said. In this passage he said, preach the Word, be instant in season out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, make full proof of thy ministry, do the work of an evangelist. You see, he was said, just keep on preaching the gospel. If you want to live with an unchained heart, here's the formula. Extol the Lord. Praise His name in every situation. Here's the formula. Express your love and appreciation to those that God has brought into your life. Here's the key. Encourage the hearts of others through honest praise and encourage yourself with the promises of God, His goodness and his faithfulness, and then live out the principles of the Word of God, evangelize, and give out the truth of the Word of God, and encourage others to do that every day. This has been a hard time for all of us. I'm not used to not being able to just go up and hand somebody a track without them looking at me like I'm trying to give them a virus. Not used to being told you can't go door to door because the authorities will uh, will cite you because you're not, you're not following responsible guidelines in your ministry. Not used to having church this way, and it's been difficult. This week, Gloria came to my office and she was uh, dropping off her tithe, and she said, "Pastor, could I talk to you for a minute?" And she was wearing a mask, and she came and sat down, and she began to share with me that. She has a niece that is dying with cancer. She said, I'm just so burdened for her. I love her and and I don't want her to leave this earth unsure of heaven. She said, I can't really go and see her anymore. They won't let me see her. And so I've just sat down and I've written her a long letter several pages and lovingly tried to tell her how much she means to me and how much i love her and so much so that i want her to be in heaven so that we can enjoy the glories of heaven together and you know I, I i i tell you i talked to Esther Rosenberger our our organist she's in the hospital as well suffering right now with sickness and pain and and i said miss Esther i'm so sorry they won't even let family members visit their loved ones in the hospital and 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 we're not used to that. But you know, I can call you on the phone. I'll pray with you over the phone. Yesterday morning, I had a fellow 50-year-old man. Uh, He's an imposing presence, a big man. And he called me on the phone, and he began to weep. And he said, I'm just a little overwhelmed. He said, "I, I see all that's going on in the world around me, and I just don't know what to do, Pastor. And he said, would you pray with me? And I said, man, I'd love to. And and just standing right there, I, I said, let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. You see, look, I, I, my heart's not chained. The Word of God is not chained. You see, prayer is unchained. We can go boldly into the throne of grace and know that we have an audience with Almighty God because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. Praise the Lord. And so, I, I just sought to pray the Gospel yesterday. Uh, I had a a little stand-up wedding here in the office, and a, a sweet couple that has visited our church, and they said, we, we need to, to move in, but we don't want to move in together unless we're, we're joined as man and wife. And I said, I really respect you for that, and I want to help you with that. And uh, we spent some time talking over the telephone at great length, and God knew that my heart was heavy wanting to be able to share the gospel. And so they said, we have our witnesses coming. I said, we have to uh, social distance even with that. And they gathered together in my office. And before we had a wedding ceremony, I preached the gospel to those five people in my office. and, And, you know, there was one that said I made a decision when I was a youngster, but I finally understand it and got got the assurance of His salvation, I walked out of there on a cloud yesterday saying, praise the Lord that the Word of God is not bound, that my heart is not chained, that in every situation, God is giving opportunities to evangelize, to share the Gospel. Number five, exhort. You say, what does it mean to exhort? It means to urge someone to action. To urge them to get involved. And Paul was urging Timothy to preach the gospel. He was urging him to follow the calling that God had placed upon his life, to utilize the gifts that God had given unto him, and to exhort others to continue diligently ministering in the power of Christ. He said, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Get out there and do what God has called you to do, Timothy. Know that God will empower you in every situation to do what He has called you to do. I want to tell you something. Uh, This week has been a little emotional at times for me. Yesterday I was driving down the road and listening to a song about heaven. Just got overwhelmed. Had to pull off the road into a parking lot and just compose myself and think about the fact that there are people that I love that are soon to be there. Many that I've loved for years are already there. And uh, I was going through my desk. I found a New Testament that my mother gave me many years ago when I started in ministry. And I opened the flyleaf and it just said, "...with love and prayers for many souls." Love mom. And you know, I, I saw that as an exhortation to do what God had called me to do. That despite my circumstances, God will allow me to give the gospel. My heart is not chained by my circumstances. Your heart is not chained by a body racked with pain or disease or The confinement to a home. Do you have a phone? Do you have a computer? Do you have a tablet? Do you get postal service? Then don't allow yourself to be confined by your circumstances. I exhort you to do what God has called you to do. That's what Paul was doing. He was in in chains and in prison, but he continued to do what God had called him to do. Number six, Paul said, be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. In verse 13, he said, hold fast. You know what he was saying? Endure. You know what Paul was doing? He was enduring. He said in this book, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. My friends, hold on to God and the promise of the life that He gives when you feel chained by your circumstances. Rest in His strength alone. When you have none, God will provide it. It is the power of God alone. And just keep on keeping on for Jesus. I'm always impressed as I read through the book of Acts and I study the history of the early church. And in chapter 4, when they were enduring a withering wave of persecution against themselves, they cried out to the Lord and when they did, they prayed not for God to deliver them from persecution. They prayed for boldness to keep on preaching the gospel. That they might just keep on keeping on for Jesus' sake. Would to God that in this difficult day in which we live, our hearts would not be chained by the opinions of others, by the circumstances of our life. But might we just endure, keep on holding on to Jesus and doing as He has said, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Lastly, I give you this word, expect. Let your expectation be in the Lord and not in man. Man will fail you every time, but Jesus never fails. Paul said, I'm suffering these things, but I'm not ashamed because I know, I know God. I know Whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. I expect God to do exactly what He has said. I'm standing on the eternal inerrant, unchanging Word of a God that cannot lie, and I expect Him to deliver me according to His own good plan, either by the undertaker or by the upper taker. I know that God is good, and however He chooses to deliver me, whether it's with a temporal healing or the ultimate healing and a glorified body, I expect God to be good because He's a wonderful God. He's a good God. And you know, he said, Timothy, hold fast to what you've been taught. Keep preaching the Word. You see, he expected the Lord to continue working in the lives of those that he had ministry to. Because He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, He's God and I'm not. So, just like he said to the elders of the church at Ephesus, I commend you to God. And I expect God to do what I could never do in your life. Bring you to the measure of a perfect man. To the measure of the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. And so what he did from a prison cell, chained hand and foot, was to demonstrate that he had an unchained heart. And he did so by extolling, praising the name of God, expressing his love and appreciation to those whom God had brought his way, encouraging the lives of others through honest praise and his own heart with the promises of God. What he did was evangelize, continued to share the gospel, continued to live the gospel and give the gospel every day. What he did was exhort to stir others to do what God had called them to do and to keep on doing it until Jesus came. What he did was endure. He just said, I'm going to make it through. I'm trusting God, come what may. I'm resting in His strength alone. And what he did was say, I'm going to expect God to be God and do as He will. My friends, I want to just say, You ought to write those down. You ought to make that your to-do list every day. You may not be able to go to Costco without a mask. You might not be able to go to your favorite restaurant and order the same old thing. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can praise the Lord. You check number one. I'll tell you what you can do. You can text somebody and tell them you love and appreciate them. I'll tell you what you can do. You can send a note to somebody and tell them how much they mean to you and thank God and, and them for the ministry they've had in your life. i tell you what you can do. You can give a track. You can you could email a sermon from Sermon Audio to someone and give them the Gospel. i tell you what you can do. You can exhort folks, urge them to stay hanging on to the Lord and doing what God has called them to do. You know what you can do? You can just say, God, I'm going to hang on in your strength. I'm just going to do that today. Check that box. And you know what you can do? Let your expectation be in the Lord, standing firmly upon His promises. You know, I'm going to tell you, the Lord is good all the time. There are people that we know that are in far worse circumstances than we are. I know people today that are suffering with illness. Some with terminal illness. Some who have uh, a very bleak prognosis. But do you know what? They have an unchained heart. They can still continue doing what God has said. And so can you. Friends, today, though your circumstances are not of your choosing, you can choose to live with an unchained heart. Paul's hands and feet were chained, but his heart was wide open. Friends, let's live with an unchained heart. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God and how it encourages us. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to live lives that demonstrate our heart is unchained. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment this morning. Perhaps there's someone seated in this room that would say, Pastor Mark, I'm not even certain if I died today that I'd go to heaven. And I'm concerned about that. I'd like to be sure. And if that's you, I don't want to embarrass you. I'd just like to remember you in prayer. I wonder if you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, if you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, here's my hand. Pray for me. While no one is looking, I'd like to just see that hand and pray for you then perhaps there's someone that would say, Pastor, I've been kind of under the load of my circumstances. Haven't been quite living with the unchained heart. But God helping me this week, I want to live an unchained life with an unchained heart. Though I may be confined to my home, God is not bound to use me. And I'm going to live with an unchained heart this week. Pray for me, Pastor. Here's my hand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord God, how we praise You and thank You for the encouragement of Your Word. Help us, Lord, not to simply hear it, but might we live it. For these things we ask in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.